It's a good show. Hmm? Uh, I think we can do this. Can we, though? Can we? Have we already started? Have uh, Have we? We have. I think we have. Hey! hey! So, this is Barry. <laughs> and this is Lucas. Sorry, my ears are ringing. I don't know why, and it's That's, distracting. That is, I am a little concerned. Yeah. are they ringing loudly or it's softly? It's like when you went to a concert, like and like you come home, you know. Yeah, but but they just started out of nowhere. It's not tinnitus. It's just it's loud music. Loud music. I was listening to loud what were stuff. You, do you want to tell us what you were listening now. to? Yeah. Yeah. You, what are you rocking out to, Barry? Tool. Oh. Yeah. That's for the first time you got high. Was it a Tool concert? Tool concert. Yeah. That's for some real avid listeners. You know that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm Barry Rothbart. I'm Lucas Neff. And, and uh, today we have a, uh, what would you call it, an incredible episode? Yeah. I, I think maybe the most incredible episode we, we've ever recorded. Yes. Who is our guest, Lucas? Uh, we have with us an amazing human being uh, and an Australian Tilly Lawless. <laughs> what is, what's the Venn diagram with those two? Uh, it's very, it's it's be- practically nothing. Okay. It's two separate circles, <laughs> in my experience. Uh, no offense to our Australian listeners, but or your uh, wife, yeah, uh, <laughs> or my wife. Um, we have uh, Tilly Lawless with us today, and she is a queer Sydney-based sex worker and sex worker rights advocate. Uh, she's a horse rider, a uni, a university graduate, a writer, and she's from Bellingen in rural New South Wales. Hey, hey! And we have an incredible conversation with her about sex work, about sex workers' rights, uh, um, about why we should kill everyone on earth. Yeah, about why the best thing we could do is to kill everyone. Uh, um, but it's it's also uplifting. Yeah, it's we super talk about uplifting. empowerment and human rights and. A lot yeah, of she's incredibly pragmatic. And we'll she's find incredibly out if she's insightful. related to Lucy Lawless, which yeah. is everyone's question. Pretty much uh, everybody's been writing in asking about whether or not Tilly is related to, to Lucy Lawless. So we're going to find that out. It's super exciting. And uh, yeah. Let's get high Let's and smoke save some the weed world. for the world. Saving the world. With Barry Rothbart and Lucas Neff. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You gotta have something if you wanna be me. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're really happy that oh, you're here. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we'd like to sort of leap right into it with a question. I think Barry has one. Yes. Oh, yes. do I? Yeah, I think wow. so. Barry was really excited about uh, leaping right into a question. I wasn't yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually uh, intellectually curious. He's a very okay, curious. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a curious Barry. Because I, I really, I loved your, uh, I loved your TED. Is it called a TED or a TED Talk? It's a TED. Um, I like. I don't really care. I love like... your TED. Your TED's great. <laughs> you TED it beautifully. Yeah. It's a TED. It's a TED out of TED. Yeah. Yeah. All I can think of is a teddy bear. Really, frankly, when you say my TED. Do they give out teddy bears? Or anything I like wish. That? I wish. I didn't get. You don't even get paid for it. I wish I got a teddy bear. I guess. Yeah. My. Yeah. I have a two-parter. First question is: um, We always ask our guests who've done TED talks, "What is in the green room for your when you're waiting to go up on stage for your TED?" Mm-hmm. I didn't really get much, but I because I was TED. So I was put into when they first spoke to me. They actually approached me and asked me to speak. And then when they found out my age, they were like, "Oh, you have to go into." TED Youth, and I was like, "Well, oh. I think my topic is kind of like more of an adult topic." I was 23 when they approached me and their youth is 26 and under. And they were like, no, we've got to put you in youth. So I was like, okay, like whatever. But because I was in youth, you actually don't get 
as good facilities as someone in a normal TED talk would get. What? Wow. Um, Everything's small? It's like tiny everything. I have to say everything was too big. I, the, the, um, the headset didn't fit me. They only had headset for, headsets for men that day, which is oh. hilarious because most of the speakers that day were women. <laughs> so the headset didn't speak to me. So actually when I first went on stage, I flicked the headset and it came off. And um, so the uh, TED Talk yeah. that you actually see is actually a recording of later um, that day. Oh, so it wasn't the first Because the sound talk. fucked up for the first TED Talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were yeah, sabotaged. because they only had a male headset. Basically, they only headsets, had a male headset. I, I yeah. didn't even know headsets came gendered. I thought they were sort of like well, a, I, I've been I using a woman's like... headset this whole time. I've been doing yeah. this podcast. <laughs> I don't know if they're specifically yeah. gendered, but there's definitely a size, and the size for men is usually a bit bigger than for a girl with a small head. I suppose oh. they just they said we only have headsets for men today. That's I'm how sorry. they described it. We but, only yeah. have headsets for men. What an yeah. insane sentence to hear. It also it seems yeah. crazy nerve-wracking. Are they really like I've watched a lot of TEDs and I'm like this seems like a really intense thing to do. I didn't find it that bad but I don't mind public speaking but I yeah. will tell you what was really funny was when we did the re-recording because like obviously with the first one they were like that was great but the sound the sound was good for the audience but not good enough for like a recording oh, online yeah. right so they were like we need to re-record you so I went back on stage later that day just to do the speech again and when I was up they were doing sound check because they wanted to make sure it didn't fuck up this time and the woman was like count to, um, count to 10 and I counted to 10 and she was like mm, I don't know there's still there's still a bit of feedback and she was like, say 16. And I said 16. And she was like, there's still a bit of feedback on those S's. And I was like, oh, that's actually my lisp. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and I can't change it. <laughs> and this was like the woman, organizer yeah. of Ted, Ted Sydney. She was like so mortified. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she must have just died right there. <laughs> What's her full name? Yeah, do you want to just tell her? Oh, I don't. I'm not going to give it away. It's full fine. But I actually, like, <laughs> I really her. want that. Uh-huh. I really want that as a blooper, but, like, Ted takes himself too seriously to, like, right. give me that as a blooper, oh, unfortunately. Ted bloopers is a great yeah. idea. Yeah, can um, I follow up? Yeah. Really? Oh, you have a two-parter. Can I follow up before Barry's second part of that? Yeah. Uh, you said uh, you mentioned that <laughs> the, you were you were sort of, like, uh, resistant to being put in Ted Youth because your your content didn't feel like a Ted Youth talk. Can you explain yeah, well, what I, a little yeah, bit so about well, what you meant by that? And maybe like well, a I'm context? talking quite explicitly because I'm speaking about sex work and I'm therefore speaking about things like rape and consent and things like that. I actually I actually think that it's important for something for kids to hear, but I was worried that they would want me to sanitize it if I was speaking to children, which is exactly what happened. Like a week before they came to me and were like, you have to change all this, like this isn't appropriate for children. And I came back to them and said, you know what? You guys chose me. I'm like like very um, publicly, like anti any sorts of censorship. And I'm like, I don't think I can give a speech about sex worker rights without speaking about things like pussy and rape and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if you guys have a problem with it, I'm not going to speak. Like I'm not doing a sanitized speech. Um, uh, and, then and then they said, okay. They were like, yep, okay, fine, you can say what you want. But then on the day, they sent someone up before my speech to give this little, like, um, this little, like, warning. They were like, oh, the next person is probably going to, you know, say some words that might make your grandma uncomfortable, which, like, I feel like completely (laughs) undermined what I was going to say. And who knows what your grandma is or is not going to find, like, you know, inappropriate yeah my anyway, and no both... one else got that little like clarification yeah that's beforehand. a weird thing to do because you're you're basically priming them to be like this is a little taboo and not exactly. so okay yeah this exactly. is exactly i was yeah, yeah. this is this yeah, is I content actually... we don't necessarily agree with nor should you 
Exactly. I was really, I, to be honest, I was really like, I'm glad I did the TED talk in that a lot of people have watched it and like people have liked it, but like, and it was a platform that I could utilize, but I actually lost complete respect for Ted in that whole interaction I had huh. with them. Like, I was like, you guys are so fucking corporate. Like they wanted me, they were really annoyed at me because they were like, Oh, all our Ted's have to follow the same formula when it ends in an uplifting note. And you don't really provide an uplifting solution. And I was like, that's because I don't have an uplifting solution. Like I'm speaking about like a human rights issue. Like, I don't think there is an uplifting solution. Like anyway, like so you I felt just, dis- you would say yeah. you, felt, you felt disrespect Ted. Oof. I don't necessarily <laughs> think. <laughs> yeah, I'll disrespect her. Sorry, I did not. Did not get that one. I guess <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it might have been too low hanging. Yeah, yeah it, was, it might it have was, been looking too. It was such ahead. a broad stroke, pathetic <laughs> yeah. joke. That yeah, it may have, it, it probably it, it was it was a right little too expected. It was subtrail. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm feeling very. Uh, um, I would actually uh, I would disagree. I think there was uh, one uplifting thing that I found, and I watched it with my mm. wife. And I, my, my, this is this leads perfectly into my first question, where you you spoke about empowerment and how. Um, I could actually read exactly what you said, and I'm sure all yeah. of our all of our listeners are going to go to your to watch your TED talk because it's great. Um, you said that uh, empowerment should not be a prerequisite for uh, human rights; it should be reversed. Human rights yeah. should be a stepping stone to empowerment. Maybe explain or start out by explaining what why you said that and and what it means. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I said that because one of the first questions people always ask me about my work is whether or not I feel empowered, which I think is actually a complete moot point. Like mm-hmm. it's irrelevant whether I feel empowered or not. Like no one is asking, for example, um nurses, do you feel empowered? Oh, if you feel empowered, then we'll fight for your right not to be sexually assaulted at work. But if you don't feel empowered, then we're going to try and like get rid of nursing as a profession. I just think <laughs> I just think it's 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 an irrelevant point. And like I no, I don't feel empowered by my work. Like it's a job. Um like the I feel what I do feel empowered by is I feel empowered by my refusal to let other people's um other people's judgment affect my self-esteem or affect my decisions. Um that's something I feel empowered by, but I don't feel empowered by my actual work it's just a job um and so i hate that this is something that people always focus on and um as as if only with empowerment will people think your um, profession is worthwhile fighting for so that's why i say it should be it should be the other way around like we should just be focusing on giving people human rights and you will find that when people have human rights they're going to feel empowered like yeah they literally and directly have been empowered by, their by having human yeah, rights, by having exactly, rights. It, it exactly. Is, yeah. yeah, definitively empowerment. And, and I, yeah. Sorry, not just to to no, piggyback to cut me on off. my yeah, own yeah, questions, yeah, yeah. just get, to cut get in there, get in there, Barry. Yeah, please, please. Um, I I did think that that was a that was an interesting way to 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 speak about sex work from you know I guess my limited knowledge of it because yeah, it was feeling like you were saying, hey, let's give us the bare minimum here, not to demonize us. Is that sort of well? What... No, that's not it so much. It's actually, it's actually. Um, so with a lot of um, discourse you see around sex worker rights, you'll see people um, feeding into the happy hooker trope, which is that like I love my work, like I, you know, my job is amazing, like blah blah blah, and um, trying to sort of like garner respect and support through those things. Um, I take a much more pragmatic approach, right, right. which is that like people in any industry a lot of people fucking hate their job you know what i mean like i i feel like if you're one of the people who loves your job every single day of the week you're in a minority um and so for yeah, me also insane. for me 
Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's lunatic. Inside... A lunatic loves their job seven days a week for eternity. It's an, yeah, it's an exactly. And standard. also, I'm aware of the fact that um, with sex work, a lot of people who um, do go into sex work are people who are marginalized and may not feel like they have other choices. So I also think it's unrealistic to expect sex workers to necessarily feel empowered by their work. Um, yes, there are some uh, sex, sex workers who do feel empowered by their job and do love it and would do it even if they had any other choice in the world. But I know for me personally, like there are jobs that I would rather do. Um, so I guess I'm just, uh, and, uh, yeah, just I guess what maybe I'm cynical is, yeah. or pragmatic. Yeah. Why, why yeah. is it important for people to know that? I, I'm just, you know, I, I guess I understand it on an emotional level, but intellectually I, I think – Understanding that it doesn't have to be empowered, it, it, does it bring people closer to it and understand it in a real way? Well, I think it's important because it leaves. So, if people are only wanting to fight for sex workers when they think they're empowered, it basically leaves us in this bind of not being able to speak about actual issues within the mm. industry because then people will use those issues against us. So, if I say like, "Hey, like I've actually been really burnt out from sex work and I'm feeling pretty anxious at the moment because I've been socializing with people so much for my job," yeah. um, people will say that. That's why sex work shouldn't exist. Uh. It makes you anxious. So the reason I'm I'm so like it's really important that we speak about the fact that it's an imperfect industry and that it's not necessarily empowering is so there's space given to sex workers to speak about things like mental health in the industry, things like sexual assault in the industry, all that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it feels like there's an unrealistic double standard where like uh, for, in order for the sex work to exist – uh, it has to be the perfect job, mm-hmm. like in exactly. no way, yes. yep. like yep. exploitative yeah. or violating it in the way that almost every every other industry that you can think of is every day. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know, yep. like uh, then if they're not like smiling all the time, it's like you are a victim. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas like, I I feel like, for example, with the conversation we're getting around the Me Too movement at the moment, for example, with actresses and models, you know, all we hear in response to that is we need to create um, an industry that's safer for actresses and models where they don't get abused. No one's saying, oh, we need to stop like those two industries. We can no longer have female models. models. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that, I guess that's why I think it's so important to be able to speak about the negative things around sex work. Uh, Speaking, speaking of the Hollywood actresses and sort of uh, that, that whole sort of (laughs) like thing. Well, no, because it's come up, it's come up a few times in your speeches where there's been this problem of these uh, women who represent feminism or represent, uh, you know, take it, take the mantle of like adv- advocacy for womanhood yeah. upon themselves. Um, have often like come down against uh, against decriminalizing or legalizing sex work. Uh, yeah. And can you speak to sort of the the frustration there in, in communicating your message, or or why why does that rift exist? Oh well, that's uh, um. Uh, sorry, it, it annoys me so much. <laughs> um, it's hard for me to even talk about because all of those um, actresses who signed um, signed a, a petition against Amnesty International's decision to back decriminalisation as a policy, um, all of those actresses have never had anything to do with sex work. Um, are all like from you know like have a very financially privileged. Um, a lot of them refuse to even listen to sex workers about what, like, um, Lena Dunham, when sex workers tried to engage with her on Twitter, you know, refused to listen to sex workers because she, any sex worker that ha- was having a good time, as far as she was concerned, wasn't representative of the industry. Um, and so she wouldn't, she wouldn't listen to anything. Um, 
And, oh, my God. I also, I guess as a... So I'm a, I did a history degree at uni and like, I'm really into history. That's like probably like my main interest. Um, and for me, um, in knowing the fact that like actresses were so very recently, like considered sex workers, seen as, um, um, on par to them in like a social sense, like actresses, you know, you'd be ashamed if you had an actress in your family, like, um, you wouldn't want your, your son to marry an actress, all those kind of things. Like it irritates me so much that these actresses who, who really are not that different in many ways to sex workers, like, um, sex work is a job that relies on faking emotional intimacy as does acting like um sex work is a job that um, relies on you making bank based on um, men finding you attractive as does acting you know like a lot of actresses make uh, build their career on the fact that men find them attractive for example scarlett johansson you know um so that that hypocrisy is something that just like enrages me so much especially as they have their ears completely closed to any other opinion yeah I yeah. Think, yeah. Why? Why do you think? I mean, you you can't get into their brains. I don't think, right? Yeah. You don't have yeah. a way to do that. Do you have a way? Can you get? We, yeah. We, I we, wish. We're looking for a way to get into people's we'll brains. We'll keep your secrets. We'll a keep your Separate yeah. thing. Yeah. We'll get um, back to it. Without b- having a machine that can get into their brains, what do you what do you think drives women like that who who uh, identify as feminists or anyone who identifies as feminists and uh, and then they can in the same breath point their fingers at women who uh, who are sex workers. What do you think drives I that? Actually, I actually don't know because for me, I've always been really open to hearing people's opinions who have different experiences to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know where that, like, is it arrogance that they have? Like what, what is the trait in them that makes them so determined that their opinion is right, you know, without having listened to anything else? Like I'm, I actually don't know. Um, yeah. Is it a result of um, being really sheltered? <laughs> Fluoride in the Maybe. water. Yeah, it could be, right? Possibly. Don't yeah. know or like chemtrails yeah. or something. Yeah, Honestly, it's no probably idea. the chemtrails and the fluoride. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. Can't say. I'll uh-huh. take that. No, that's all good. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I, I, I'm going to uh, leap in here just to interject. I think yeah. uh, you mentioned earlier that you had a love of history, that you studied history at uni. Yes. And uni is your is short for college. <laughs> University, yeah. Is that what you call it, college? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And uh, so anyway, there's a little segment that I like to do (laughs) called... I love moments where you seem the most Jewish I've ever seen you look (laughs) There's something about that moment where I'm like, thank God Lucas is Jewish. You you don't understand. It's in me. It's deeply in me. There's something about the way you held your hands together while you asked (laughs) that. Steepled. Steepled. Like an evil Jew. Like Woody Allen. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, A plotting, (laughs) diabolical Jew. Um, Anyway, back to you. Tilly in yeah. Sydney. Uh, this segment is called On This Day. Oh, first segment. On first This segment. Day. All right. And uh, basically what it is is uh, uh, first off, you could win half a point here. If you yes. can just tell me, oh, this is going to be tricky This for sort you. of involves you. Can oh, you... no. Is this dates? I'm terrible with what's what happened day, on dates. What day is it? <laughs> Today. Today. What date? But here. Um, It's the, is it the, oh, I think in, well, in Australia, it's the, is it the 11th or the 12th? Uh-oh. I think someone may not one. be getting half a point. It's two different Wait. days where we are. Yeah. Can you tell us th- what day it is here? Yeah, but I don't even know what day it is in Australia without I mean, looking at well, my phone. I can't remember. Wait. It's the, wait. I know it's the 19th next Thursday, so it mm-hmm. must be the 12th How do today, you know which that? means it must be the 11th for you. The 19th. <laughs> because... I'm going. I'm going. It's, I'm going to a book fair next Thursday, so I know Thursday uh, the 19th is a book fair. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so, so it must be, yeah, the 11th where you guys are hey, in the evening hey, or something. it is. It's yeah. July 11th. You get half a point. <laughs> so you, you got it. I'm glad you had a book Thank fair. You. Yeah. An upcoming book fair to help you. <laughs> um, anyway, on this day, July 11th, where we are, uh, some very positive things happened in history. And so what I like to do is tell them. But, of course, okay. um, very quickly, for the listeners who are listening, it's obviously not July 11th on the day you're listening. So remember that it's on this day, July 11th, that we're talking about this stuff. Um, guys, let me pull it up. <laughs> you would think with all this explanation that you'd have a second had, had to take pull a time this up. to pull this up. I, uh, yeah, I, it had slipped my mind. In 1804—this isn't really good news. Okay, but well, what's the point? I thought, uh, mm, a, in 1804, on July 11th, a duel occurred in which the vice president of the United States, Aaron Burr, Mortal, mortally oh. wounds former Secretary of the Treasury. I think we know Alexander. What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any ideas? Any Can you get a guess here? No, I have no idea. It's a, this is a very American thing. <laughs> this I'll give. Super... Can I give her a hint? Uh-huh. Will she still get points? I think uh, well, she let's find out. Yeah, because it's an American thing. I mean, American history isn't exactly my forte. Me so. neither. <laughs> um, however, this person is the namesake for a very expensive and very popular Broadway musical. Right now. Right now. That everyone... Alexander Broadway, but it could only be in Broadway in America. No, I'm pretty sure it's worldwide. Yeah. It's very I... famous. Very famous. It's very recently a huge, huge hit. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what's a musical out? I know Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Is it That's who it is. That's who it is. Alexander, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Great answer. <laughs> Uh, also known as Alexander Hamilton by close friends who didn't know him as Alexander Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. In, so who is Alexander Hamilton? What Broadway musical the, is based it's on It's called here? Hamilton. It's a Hamilton it's, the musical. Not a lot of people I've know about it in Australia. I've never heard of that musical. Really? I've, have you yeah, not? I've, wow. Never heard of it. I don't even think that's a musical here. Like, I've at least I've never heard of it, yeah. Wow. I could see that. Okay. I'm going to let that pass. Yeah, we'll let it go. I like Alexander. I don't think she deserves <laughs> a point the desert. That, no, you're not going to get a point, but we like it. In 1895, on July 11th, <laughs> brothers August and Louis Lumiere demonstrated oh, what one. technology to scientists? Well, Lumiere, that means light, doesn't it? Yes. yes. But that's probably... In... To be fair, they were named that before they invented the thing. It's turning oh, okay. a human into a candle, like in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is it is it something to do with electricity? Uh, it, it, I think there was electricity involved. If it, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's more. It's a. Uh, it's 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 a uh, Lumiere. Uh, the, it's technology that they show to scientists. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry about Lumiere. that little feedback there. Was he like uh, a director or something? Yes. Uh, yes. They. Yeah, showed... I feel like I know the name. He what did he did the first, the first showed the first short yes! film. Yes, they showed yeah, the first movies. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was the wow. first short film festival <laughs> in history. It was in 1895 yeah. on July 11th. That's great. Yeah, and that's good news because now look at how popular short films are. Yeah, people once <laughs> True. it was a, a, a leaping off point in history <laughs> of short films. Of short films, we've I mean, never looked at feature films were done way before that. Yeah, yeah, that was the feature first films short. have been around for centuries. <laughs> I believe it was 1604, the first feature film debuted in uh, Queen Elizabeth's court. No, uh, and then finally, in 1914, this babe made his debut in Major League Baseball. Uh. 
I know but this is another one that you're probably not going to get. Gonna, this babe, guess? you mean what, like Babe Ruth? Yes, oh. yeah. I was going to say Babe okay. Ruth, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Babe, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is the correct answer <laughs> again. Um, but yeah, guys, so Babe Ruth uh, uh, played his first Major League Baseball wow. game today That's or great. something like that. And then uh, first movies, the first movies were today. And then uh, what oh, the really? other one was? Yeah. yeah, Alexander Hamilton was killed. <laughs> yeah, never heard of Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> uh, it just pleases me, that one. But um, um, I, if, can I, should that I? That was leave? on this day. That was on this What's that? Yeah, you, Barry. Barry okay, has a question. Here we go. Oh, so that was, you got like one and a half points out of that. Well done. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was Pretty really good. great. For an Australian <laughs> with so much American trivia. Terrific. Yeah. <laughs> Hombre, muchachos, dudes, my guys, boys time. This is time for the boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a little chat we want to have with you about uh, sex. Oh, yeah. You heard him right. Talk about sex, sex baby. Sex, baby. So, do you guys remember the days when you were always ready to go? Yeah. You remember when they started? You were just a kid before, and now you're not the same. Yep. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, so yeah. listen up. Yeah. Go to bluechew.com, and that's blue like the color blue. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And you don't it. have to worry about it. Yeah, check this out. You can take them anytime, day or night, full stomach, whatever. Anywhere. Anywhere. Anytime. On any kind of food. And since they're a chewable, wedding, wedding cake, bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvah cake. That's right. Uh, and since they're, these, these guys are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever you need to be ready. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? New Year's Eve, any day. Any Blue day. Chew, Other Chew. days than New Year's Eve. Blue Chew, it's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And uh, they are made in the good old U.S. of A, so you can support some USA products. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now we've got a special deal for our listeners because we know you guys uh, are going to want a good deal. So you got to visit bluechew.com to get your first shipment for free. And you got to use our special promo code WORLD. That's W-O-R-L-D. And you just pay $5 shipping. Again, that is B-L-U-E-Chew.com and with the promo code WORLD to try it free. Yep. Blue, Blue Chew, Chew is better, cheaper, and a faster choice. And, uh, you know, thanks for sponsoring. Thank those good dudes for sponsoring our our podcast and helping save the world. I I would like to know, uh, I think I would assume a question that a lot of people have that I have is um, how, how many people would you say choose to get into sex work versus are. Uh, in a position where they have to in some way, whether it's trafficked or because there's financial constraints. And I guess you could say that about any job, but... Well, well yeah, I think... I what think do you that's think actually, the mix is? Um, I think that's impossible to answer because also the, the concept of choice is different different to certain people. Sure. So, for example, I was in... 
I was in financial need and I went into sex work. Some people might say that's being coerced by capitalism to sex work. Absolutely. As far as I'm concerned, like I chose sex work rather than working at McDonald's. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for me, that was a degree of choice. But like, um, and then you also know, I have known sex workers who have entered sex work um, under really undesirable circumstances. So they've been underage. They've maybe had an abusive boyfriend who's encouraged them into sex work, but then they've used the earnings they've got from sex work to leave the abusive boyfriend and have decided, you know what? I'm actually going to continue this on my own terms. So there's also the idea of like autonomy is something that is not static. Do you know what I mean? It's not sure. like it's not like if you're once a victim, you're always a victim. Or if you are, if you enter sex work by, or then there are you know people who enter sex work very much by choice and end up working under, for example, an exploitative brothel manager where they end up doing things they don't want to do. So I just I just think that yeah, all the, all those concepts are things that like are malleable, you know, and di- different people have different circumstances which they might consider a breaking point or a point of coercion you know like one sex worker might be fine working at a place where um she's can only work if she does you know um blowjobs without a without a condom she might be fine with those with those set of rules another sex worker might consider that um um really um coercive and um like assault so it's uh, like yeah there there are such great areas um i can say i have never met a sex worker ever um who has been the sort of stereotype of what people consider like a, a forced person in the industry you know like someone who um has been has had their past comes from a foreign country and has had their passport taken off them and is being forced to sleep with men and having the money sent to other people like i um but also i if I did, I wouldn't call them a sex worker. I would call them a victim of assault and coercion and rape. Do you know what I mean? Like sure. it's that's. Um, I do know that a lot of people mistake migrant workers for people who have been trafficked because, for example, in Australia especially, a lot of women who do sex work in Southeast Asia will come over to Australia to do sex work um, because the earnings, are, they're like the money equivalent is better, um, and they will then send their um, – earnings home to relatives in Thailand or Vietnam, like wherever, wherever they happen to come from. And for a lot of outsiders looking at that, they go, Oh, what a poor migrant woman. You know, she has no other choice. She has to do sex work because she doesn't have, she doesn't have English language skills um, without, and like all her money's going to her relatives, you know, without realizing that a lot of women deliberately move here because they know they have skills as a sex work, worker and they can make more money in a Western country, you know? So uh, th- this idea of like, it's, it's really, it would be, I think, virtually impossible to get an actual percentage as to who is, who is forced into sex work and who chose of their own free volition because there are so many, so many other factors and so many perspectives, speaking you know? Of, Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, speaking, yeah. speaking of yeah. other factors and important distinction. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I no, think it's great. I, I, I mean, it is, it is really hard to, to, to have to adjudicate motive for, you know, uh, untold n- number of people. But yeah. uh, so I, I don't know how uh, how anyone could do that for for anybody and, and even small groups, really. But uh, speaking of other factors and perspectives, it feels like sorry, just remembering my question here. But it feels like so much of the conversation that you get to have as a as a sex worker and as an advocate for sex workers uh, is the terms of the dialogue is dictated by other people. Like you have to constantly. Uh, it feels like it's so reactive where you have to constantly answer certain questions again and again and yes. again and again and again. Yeah. Um, if if you could have sort of your say 
what the conversation about sex work should be about, what what would that answer be? Like, if you could determine what the terms of the dialogue were about sex work. Well, I try always, like I said, I try and take a pragmatic approach, which is that I would just focus on rights and making the industry more transparent and safer for those in it. As I've said, like, you're never going to be able to tell, you know, yeah, as you said, the motives that go into the going to someone being in the industry um and so what i think should be focused is purely making the industry safer because if the industry is safer and more transparent that benefits not just those that are there by choice but it also benefits those that aren't there by choice yeah yeah and so i think that's, yeah you I brought know. up you yeah. see it in, as more of the... a like a labor rights issue as opposed to i think a lot of people see it as an emotional moral issue and you see it as a labor legality issue right sort of yeah i see it as a labor issue because like i think people are always going to have moral arguments about it it goes back and forth no one's going to get anywhere like yeah um speaking of that though like in 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 your personal experience because i think a lot of people are like oh the stigma that exists around sex work will never go away like no matter if it becomes decriminalized or legalized um, that there's always going to be an attitude about it that's going to be hard to shake. Have you seen yeah. that change in your own personal experience, whereas that conversation has reached broader circles? Like, ha- have people changed well, in their attitude toward think... or do you see it sort of sort of in the bedrock of people, like how they feel about it? Okay, so I think there are two things to say. I think that it is true that with decrim, stigma isn't eradicated because, like, I live in a state where there's decriminalization and the stigma is still, like, a massive issue, right? But I do think that um, people can change their minds about sex work, and I have definitely seen that, especially in my age group. It's very much like a ripple effect, you know? Like, uh, you speak to a friend and they, they change their opinion, they have a conversation with a friend, they might change their opinion, they might change... Like, it, it's a it, domino effect, maybe, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I do very much think it's impo- it, it is possible to lessen stigma. As to whether it will ever be possible to completely eradicate, I don't know. It'll probably take a few hundred years, right? Um, but it is definitely possible to lessen it. I think it's we will especially see the stigma being lessened um, across generations. Do you know what I mean? I think it's. I find it very similar to the way that homosexuality has become more acceptable, but it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. It takes. And it's especially hard to change older people's minds on that, you know? So um, I think that sex work in my age group in in Australia, I find that it is um, so much more accepted than it was five years ago when I started. Right. Right? Like I can see a change in five years, which is fucking massive as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But that's that's also in Australia, like we have decrim and legalization in most parts of Australia. So I, I'm in a country where the um, climate um, is inclined towards lessening stigma, um, whereas in places where it's completely illegal, like obviously uh, fighting stigma there is a uphill battle. Like, mm-hmm. um yeah, but I do I do think it is possible to change it. Can, yeah. you, can you sort of uh, explain the difference between uh, a criminalized, decriminalized, and legalized and where you come down on yeah. those three? Yeah, okay. So um, criminalization is obviously when it's completely illegal, right? Um, you know, sex worker can be jailed for doing sex work. Um, uh, decriminalization um, means that it is subject to the same rules and regulations as any other industry. So sex work... Um, is is treated the same as any other job, right? That's what activists want, 
right? And that's what I have in New South Wales, and it's also what New Zealand has. They have decrim. Um, where it gets blurry is legalisation um, can mean different things in different places. Basically, what legalisation means is that sex work is um, subject to different rules and regulations than other industries, and it's basically subject to the whim of that area. So, for example, Amsterdam has um, legalisation. Um, it means that you can work um, from a brothel, but you can't just work on any street corner. Um, uh, Victoria in Australia has legalisation. Um, if you're working privately, you have to get registered with a number, which people in other industries don't have to do. Um, in some places that have legalisation, you're allowed to work by yourself, but you're not allowed to work with others. Like in some places that have legalization, you're only allowed to advertise in certain ways. Like you might be able to advertise with a head and shoulder shot, but you can't advertise with a full body shot. Um, yeah. So basically legalization leaves this sort of like gray area. And the problem with legalization is that it leaves it in this gray area where you have a two-tiered system where there are going to be people who are working illegally and there are going to be people right. who are working legally because the industry isn't mm-hmm. actually decriminalized. There are sort of like these Aspects weird hoops to jump through. Sir. Yeah, we've seen that a lot in the weed yeah. industry. I've seen that in the weed industry here in California. there's advantages to still staying illegal. As, because, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. as dispensaries have gone from like medical weed or whatever to legal weed, there's all these new regulations that all they have to follow and certain things that yeah. used to be the norm that you could purchase medically now are no longer compliant with law so they can't be sold anymore so in effect like as it got legalized it became more illegal which yes, is like a really yeah, weird yeah that's pretty much it so for example nevada in america that's the one place you have with legalization um everywhere else in america it's criminalized but um and nevada obviously isn't a perfect system either because you can only operate legally within a brothel and it might be that you're working in a brothel and your manager's fucking shit and abusive you know what i mean but you can't go work for yourself from a hotel because that's illegal um so so you would be in favor of decriminalization then definitely yeah and that just means it's like it's just a marketplace and it's subject to the same laws and regulations that any other marketplaces. Exactly. So it's still, for example, illegal for a minor to work. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. think if we get decrim, anything goes. That's not true. It's becomes the same as any other industry. It's um, you know, drugs are still illegal. It's still um it's still illegal to have sex with a minor. Like all, all those kind of things don't remain go, they the don't, same. They don't go out the window. Yeah, yeah. Everybody sort of treats it as like this Pandora's box where like once, exactly. it, once it enters in, what do you think the, uh, can you, or I just feel like, what, I was just like, what do you think the fear is of it be, being decriminalized? You know, like it, how does that conversation enter new arenas? You know what I mean? Because it feels like it has to be litigated again and again within every society that it sort of comes to. Mm. What is people's fear? Yeah, what do you think? Wait, it's a question. What is people's yeah, fears with decrim? Do you think? Yeah, do you think? What is, what is the the great fear? Fluoride. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I actually like I. I think I think that people do find it really threatening the concept of a woman who's like women. You know, we're not particularly meant to be sexual creatures anyway, and we're particularly not meant to financially capitalize on something that's meant to be, you know. Um, owned by a man in a way, like given to a man in a relationship and not, not, not exist outside that relationship with that man. I think that people are really threatened by that. Um, as to what people's exact fear with decrim is, I don't know, actually. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what they're visualizing um, with decrim coming in. Like, do they think that people are going to be, I don't know, forced to become sex workers or something? I, I don't know. Like, I don't understand, to be honest. 
Okay. Yeah, that's a fair answer. Yeah, it's okay. sorry. Yeah, sorry. I was just thinking about it, but I was like, I actually just don't know. Like, yeah, that's totally acceptable. <laughs> I, I, I wonder, yeah. and this is, I, I mean, you know, I could be wrong here, but I wonder how much of it has to do with like, I see it as an intellectual argument, but I wouldn't want someone close to me to be involved. Or this is me doing an impression of someone. This yeah, isn't this how is, I believe. You can't. Barry's transformed like, in the studio. I wouldn't want He's, my daughter. I wouldn't my, want my husband going to a sex worker. I yeah. wouldn't want, you know what I mean? It feels like it's distant. It's like a distant approval. And it feels like maybe people are hesitant to legalize it because they don't want it closer to them in some way. Yeah, that might be so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah okay, that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. I actually, I don't know. Like, that makes sense, though. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah great. Well, thank you for that succinct and uh, concise. You won. Yeah, Barry, Wait, congratulations. Yeah. This is a um, we have another segment uh, where we get to know you a little bit better. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is a big one. This is a big one. Uh, you can stand You're to win a lot of points here. This one. Okay. Or, um, or lose points. Okay, so okay. it's, it's mm-hmm. called the... Lightning round. Oh, you son of a bitch. Lightning <laughs> round. This is sound effect. <laughs> Uh, okay, petty, petty so, Barry. That was petty to leave me out. We've there been like getting that. a lot of notes about cutting down on this intro, but um, I think you know you understand how it works uh, as I'm, an I'm a- sure, avid Tilly. fan and listener of the um, program. Right? But for our listeners who <laughs> yeah. haven't, I'm going to do it real quick. This is our lightning explanation round. Lightning okay. explanation round. Go. Okay. So uh, there's going to be five questions in the first round that first I will round. ask you, and five questions in a second round. There will be a second. Round. Do not worry about the second round. Not in yet. this first round. Only after all five are asked of you. I don't know why I have such trouble with that word. Asked. 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 Yeah. Asked. Um, then you can answer, and you have 30 seconds. A loose 30 seconds. A it might be a little more. To answer them all. To answer, answer them, them we only yeah. ask that you're honest, but you, you have, have 30 to seconds. Be honest. And you do not have to do them in any order. Just all five. Yeah. And then you might get okay. one point. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. You ready? <clears throat> Barry's going to ask them all in a row. In, an, in a row, then you answer. Lightning round. Yeah. Okay, question one. Ready? <laughs> yeah. If one day we could... Oh, shoot. That's the wrong one. That was from the last guest. Okay, here, here we go. Okay. Lightning round. Question one. <laughs> How do you feel when people ask you if you're related to Lucy Lawless? Am I stupid for bringing that up? Two. If given the chance to write a worldwide constitution to set the example for how the world will perceive sex work, what would be your first line and what would you call the document? Three, if an alien came down to Earth and said they have all the answers to the eternal questions of the universe, but only you can only ask one question, what would you ask? Four, cornflakes or Rice Krispies? Be honest. Five, are there any, reason, are there any reasons ever that a person should not be afforded human rights? Go. Okay, so cornflakes. Um, oh, the alien, the eternal yeah. question answer. Um, I actually have no idea what I'd ask. Um, with Lucy Lawless, oh. I think she married into the Lawless family or chose the name. So no, I'm not related to her. Okay. Um, is there a reason people shouldn't be afforded human well, that rights? That was the no, question. I Sorry. Think... The question was, how do you what? feel when people bring that up? <laughs> what? Oh, how do that I feel when people feel, bring say up... that you might be related to Lucy Lawless? Yeah. Oh, I don't feel anything. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> Which is why I, think I guess was I hoping answered whether I was related There was a follow-up. Am I stupid for bringing that up? Think... Oh, right. Sorry. Um, and be honest. Const- you oh, have wait. to be honest. Do I? Is, it was Barry being stupid for bringing that up? And you have to be honest. The Lucy Lawless I don't know. Thing. I mean, you have Lucy to be Lawless. Honest. I haven't really thought about it. I get asked a lot. So oh, okay. I haven't really thought if it's a stupid question or not. I guess okay. it makes sense. We have the same last name. Like, if it's an unusual last yeah. name. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Uh-huh. 
You're doing well I for think Barry. Everyone should, I think everyone should be afforded human rights. I think the human rights should be a base thing that you're born with. So, no, I don't think there's any reason someone shouldn't be afforded human rights. Um, with a constitution, worldwide constitution with sex work, I'm not sure what I would call the dog- document, and I'm also not sure what my first sentence would be. Wow, a lot of nice I'd have shores. to think about that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, sort of, just... it, it sort of evades the main responsibility <laughs> of a lightning round. By saying, I know, I'll I'm get sorry, back but I just can't. Later. I can't give those answers on the spot, especially if they're honest. Like I have to be honest, right? You said right, honesty right. was important. Uh huh. It okay. is. That's it. Yeah. That's, well, you made your choices. All right. And that's honest. Well, no points, but I, I'm <laughs> going to go to uh, Lucas's round two. Uh huh. So you had zero points for that yeah. round, which uh, that's a, that's okay. a bummer. No, but I, I love your answers. I thought you did really the well. The ones you gave. I yeah. Love. When you gave <laughs> answers, they were terrific. Yeah. Okay. It's okay, guys. You don't have to placate me because I'm actually not competitive at all, so I don't mind not winning any points. Okay. I'm very competitive about my point giving. Even though I know you don't care you could win more points right now in lightning we have round. not told you what those points get you yeah we, we, it's All a surprise right. it's a mystery now uh, lightning round round two are you ready yes one as a resident of sydney what would you write in a letter to the residents of melbourne two justify vegemite three if you could make everybody in the world do one thing what would it be four what's love five are our bodies special why Okay, so um, letter to Melbourne, I would probably um, bring up the fact that Sydney people love Melbourne and Sydney, but Melbourne people are always so insistent on hating Sydney, um, and I think it's possible to appreciate both. Um, justify Vegemite, I don't really think it's my place to justify it. Like, it just exists. Does it need to be justified? Um, I've tasted it, and I think so. But go on, yes. <laughs> I love Vegemite. Um, th- what is love? Um, I'll have to – I would have to think about that further. Um, what's good about your body? Was that a question? Was no, it? no, what's not good quite. About your body? No, 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 not quite. Are our bodies I... special? Why? Uh, oh, you didn't say why. You just. Said I did oh. say why. Oh, you did. Okay. I did say why. It's written down. Our body's special. Why? I mean, what does? I guess it depends what special means. Mm-hmm. How would you define like, special? Like, does special mean not normal? Like, I don't know. Like, respond how you think, how you feel you should respond. What feels right to you? How I feel I should respond. How you feel? I, like mean, I can right respond, and then you I, can play I, off look, that. I, I feel, I feel blessed to have a body to live in. So I guess, like, I feel like I love my body, and it feels special, and um, something that I should look after. Um, yeah, so I guess my body is special to me because of that. Um, and fuck, I've forgotten what the fuck was needle question. There's more, there's Melbourne Vegemite. Yeah, I've forgotten the middle question. Melbourne Vegemite. I can offer okay, you, you help. help. Can I can help. offer you help. I can tell you what the question is, but then you 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 can't win any points. Oh, that's fine. I, it's just something about the question. <laughs> <laughs> if you could make, I oh, every... said I'm not worried about points. Sure. Are you sure? Are you sure? Oh, I know. Just now, I know. If no you could, if you could make back. everyone in the world, oh, I remember. That's... If you could make everyone you in the world do something, slightly. you cheated slightly. Um, to no, remember it's all good. This, but okay. I'll let it go. So, if I could make everyone in the world do something in one moment, it would be to make us all die because I think the world would be better off without humans. But that's impossible. So, seeing as it's not possible, I no, am I mean, wow. committed to preserving people. If you could make everyone in the world do something at once, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, die is an acceptable yeah. answer. I like that answer. Yeah, die. Yeah. I would make them all die. Like, wow. But, 
yeah, anyway. Yeah, real Thanos. So if given the chance, you'd kill all of humanity. <laughs> yeah. I would. If there was, like, a button to kill everyone, including me, I would do it. But, like, I like how you didn't not. answer the other ones because you were like, I don't want to be controversial. But I then know. you were like, no, I, you were like, I don't. She, was just, she didn't want to answer unless she could honestly know her response. In yeah, this exactly. case, she honestly knew immediately that she would kill all of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> given as like, the first like, opportunity. She would jump, uh, jump at the chance to eradicate okay. all of us. Great, thank yes. you. Um, well, I love but I those... want no like half done eradications or anything. It has to be everyone in one go, or not at all. Well, I love yeah. your answers, and you sort of cheated a little bit, um, <laughs> okay. and you didn't answer all the questions. But I don't want to give you zero points. So I'm going to give you half a point because I think oh, thank you. I really so appreciated that you would you would eradicate that you would obliterate <laughs> hum, hum, humankind. I thought that was a nice now, touch. I, I can, I, you know what? I, I don't usually do this segment, but this is my favorite segment, and I don't usually piggyback it on lightning round. But I would like this to do is... a would you rather? Whoa! Just because, just because okay. I think you deserve a little more points. Yeah. And if you answer yeah. this well, it's a, it's a simple would you rather. It's a, are you familiar yeah. with the game? You, would you rather? You have to yeah. choose one. This isn't one where you could say pass. You have to choose one of these. Yeah, you, you okay. have to answer. Um, and there is a correct and you answer. Will, you will get your point total back up, which I know is important to you. You're at two right now. Okay. okay. I know you know that. I know you've been. <laughs> that's one. all you can think she's about, I'm sure. <laughs> no, she's at two because oh, you got two. one and a half from on okay, this day. Okay, great, great. I love that. Okay, here we go. So this is a simple would you rather. You have to choose one of them. You can't ask questions, but all I ask is honesty. And uh, mm-hmm. if I agree, you will get a point. Mm-hmm. Here we go. <clears throat> if you had to be physically attached to the most annoying person you know, this has to be an, an annoying person you know, like a conjoined twin. They mm-hmm. were physically attached How to does, you. This doesn't sound like a would you rather yeah, right it now. It will. It will. You really <laughs> jump, jumped it. It sounds like an gun on question. That one. Okay. No, but there, would you rather <laughs> them be alive or dead? <laughs> okay good twist good twist so this is a good so i'm going to clarify here this is you well, have to you have to be attached they, to them yeah you know if you're attached you have to have them alive because if they were dead i'm sure you'd both start to rot you know what i mean you'd no get well that's, that's what i was going to say there is no yeah. there's no medical difference the medical difference is exactly the same someone's giving you a pill and they're like hey we can't take them off of you but we can keep you from. We can keep you alive with this dead person physically attached. Uh-huh. It's just a bit of dead. They will rot, um... though. They will. They will rot. <laughs> yes. But if they are alive, you are spending your life every waking moment the with the most annoying, annoying person, person you've ever, ever met. met. But if they are I dead, mean, you have would, to carry around a dead person. I, I mean, and we don't know if that. If, now you have to. You know whether or not the most annoying person is short, lightweight, <laughs> alive. I still say alive. I still say alive. Alive. Because yeah. it would be unwieldy with a dead body all the time. Now, why? Yeah, and I think that I would probably end up, to be honest, either way, I'd probably end up killing myself. So it doesn't really matter. Ooh, turn it around and so they that, have the I dead one. I might do that faster. I might do that faster if they were alive. Because oh. they'd be annoying me. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, I got to say, I, I would answer uh, dead only because uh, I do stand-up comedy and I cannot have someone else on stage chiming in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Because that's exactly what the they most would do. annoying. Because the, can I tell the you most right annoying now, person I know is a comedian. Can I tell I you? Can I tell you right now? That's the best act idea I've ever heard of in my entire <laughs> life. Dead body? Uh, no, a conjoined twin who annoyingly keeps interrupting your act. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And well, then a dead body, yes, would also have its merits. I will give you a point for um, style because I, I thought that that was an interesting reason. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, I have a question. If we, if we can leap back into this conversation yeah. here, I think this um, is all part of it. 
I mean, yes, it's all—it's obviously all tied together. But if I could leap back into this specific part of the conversation, um, yeah. recently, has anyone ever said no, Lucas? Has anyone? Just leap, just leap in. I'm sure you've said no yeah. to me at no, some I've point. Never said no. no, I like to—I like to make sure it's okay. okay. But uh, recently, there was this uh, new act passed in America: uh, the Enable or oh, yeah, the uh, Foster and Sesta. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do we Can have you talk to talk about, about it? We don't have to. I mean, I can. I just have like. I have to answer so many questions about it, and there's also so much online about it. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, yeah we don't I have feel to like talk I get, about I, it. Sorry, I get tired of talking about it. Like, it just makes me upset, and, like, I can't... Like, there is actually a wealth of knowledge online about it. There's actually a really good podcast about it by um, Yeah, Reply just tell people All. where to go. Um, yeah, Reply All does an excellent co- a podcast on Foster and Sester called um, Safe Harbor, I think the... But anyway, yeah, look up Reply All, and you'll find their um, okay. podcast yeah, so on it. So what, yeah. what, what do you want to talk about? Like, what's, what do you wish you, you could talk about? Like, what's the question you wish you were asked? Oh. I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it beforehand. Fair enough. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll figure, we'll figure something really, out. I didn't really visual enough. I didn't really visual enough. <laughs> that is like not work podcast. that you have to do. That is probably <laughs> yeah, our job. No, no, I was delegating. I was delegating. I was hopeful that maybe That's not your job. you could solve our problem. But no, we'll, yeah. we'll come up with some good. We have we have so many good questions. Um, I, what I, another thing I thought was very interesting about what you spoke about in your TED Talk was how race is involved with uh, uh, how people view stigma and that because yeah. you are, you're a certain color that you probably were able to speak about it more freely. Was that what you were saying? Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. That's really Maybe explain true. That. Yeah. Well, because there's a, for example, the stereotype of Asian women being really passive. So people will immediately um, assume that they're either trafficked, you know, like coerced or, um, or it'll feed in. If you're a migrant woman being a sex worker, people say, oh, you know, of course they're a sex worker. You know, we shouldn't be letting these people into our country. So unfortunately, like migrant women, when they speak about sex work, um, they're speaking about sex work feeds into the idea of like, you know, migrants coming and, you know, undermining the, the, um, a country, you know, so yeah. I can, yeah, so I can all the speak race about stuff is lumped into it. All yeah, the, all, all the, race, the totally. insidious race the, things that we already that people already see. Yeah, exactly. So I can speak about these things without anyone um, uh, sort of deflecting by um, bringing out my race and saying, or yeah, basically, like what I have to say about it will be listened to more um, and valued more, which is like really fucked up, but like that's the way it is and that's why i do feel such an obligation to like utilize that privilege yeah and i i think a follow-up <laughs> to that would be are there currently a, a lot of are, are what are the protections that sex workers do have in the u.s or abroad are, are there organizations that are dedicated to protect them or to that, um, that well, they I can mean, turn in to the u.s they have like pretty much no protections that are like legal protections they have none but um there is um swap um sex worker outreach project which exists in a number of um cities worldwide and i know it's in a number of cities in america i think um la and new york and a few others i'm not sure exactly but um swap provides for example like free condoms to sex workers like legal advice um things like that um yeah yeah, and different countries have, um, for example, Thailand has a really great sex worker rights org called Empower Foundation. Um, India has one of the biggest sex worker rights orgs in the world, um, DMSC. I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but they're really amazing. Um, Sweden has Rose Alliance. Like there, there are uh, you know, England has the um, 
prostitute English um, prostitutes collective. Like there are sex worker rights orgs all around the world that are involved in like helping sex workers, um, both practically and legally. Um, um, can, yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading about like you know one of the how important it is communication in, within the sex worker community, and yeah. I, I was wondering it, 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 has that gotten has that improved. Over the years, like, is there an more like an international or local? Are there local and you know larger? Well, the internet has now? made a the internet has made a big fucking difference. I mean, I haven't I didn't work before the internet, but from speaking with um, with sex workers who did work before the internet, it's made a massive difference in terms of like mobilizing internationally for um, sex worker activism and sharing information about dangerous clients, things like that. Like the internet has been vital. Yeah. Is that, um, is, why, I, why is communication wanna... so important? Um I actually don't want to go too much into that for a very practical reason, which is that we generally try not to speak about the methods we oh, use for sharing sure. information safely, because if clients know the methods, then they can get around them. So like, um, yeah, that's just not something that I would delve but into. Those just venues, for like, but those venues, yeah. for whatever they are, the communication that exists is important for protection and security. And so also important for, for protection. So important. For, yeah. Very important for protection. Yeah. Can yeah. you, can you, is that a part of the conversation about, um, you know, decriminalization? With Foster and Sesta? Yeah, or just, um, not, yeah, not to get know, back to those bills, I just meant in terms of, yeah. of rights for workers, like the rights to have forums or the rights oh, to definitely. have yeah, communication. That's been a really big thing with Foster and Sesta. Like people have been saying like, you know, if we cannot have anything on a website to do with um, sex work, then we won't be able to share information with each other about bad clients for safety. Like that's been a big conversation around, yeah, Foster and Sesta. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's just yeah. it's an interesting thing that like I, I think like people on the outside is an issue that they're not always aware exists. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. Definitely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um No, yeah. Bar Barry's looking at me. You have something to say, Barry? Yeah, absolutely. Um well, I think, you know, we ask all of our guests, can you name an organization uh that that people should be pointed towards for giving money or for charity that that you would recommend for our listeners to uh to to look at and maybe donate to donate their time um i think swap is great um it's sex worker run so like it's a peer-based org which is like really important um swap also does things for example it collects um it, it creates a what do you call it like um handouts to give to street-based sex workers it gives out free condoms things like that it also has a swap behind bars project where sex workers who are incarcerated because of their sex work um can be written to like they do they do like a lot of great things and swap also exists in many countries so like i feel like you can find a swap that's you know closer to you and like donate to them like yeah okay yeah great and then our our final little thing <laughs> before we let you go yeah. and thank you so much for coming in it's been just a uh, awesome but we uh like to ask all our guests uh just one thing uh why, why should we be hopeful or should we or if should you don't we? think we should if you don't think we should i mean you want to kill all humanity so your answer <laughs> might be different no no no, no. But seeing as that's not possible, then I think it's important to not give up hope and, you know, change things and whatever. Um, why should we be hopeful? Um, I think we should be hopeful because it is actually really possible to, um, on on a small scale, change people's minds one-on-one. -on -one. And it is like we're changing. I know that that's like really slow progress, but changing one person's mind one at a time is like what brings about generational change. 
Wow. Okay. I like that. Yeah, yeah we yeah. like that. And then That's you cool. and then you kill them all. And then you hit and the button. Them all, and yeah. Boom. <laughs> Pretty uh, much. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for, so much. For, uh, enjoy the rest of your July twelfth. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks. thanks enjoy your July eleventh. See uh, you guys. Take care. Bye bye. That's right.